Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, again, this is the Stuff I Heard podcast and uh, I am your host, Josh Peak. <clears throat> I normally put these out twice a week, Sunday and or, or uh, Saturday and Wednesday. And I've been doing that consistently pretty much uh, over a year now and it is... Uh, it started off as an obsession. Sorry about the ringing in your ear. I just touched the microphone stand. Um, it started off as an obsession, as a need, as a necessity, as a compulsion, I guess you'd say. Um, and if I'm honest about it, it has to do with mortality. It has to do with the fact that we all look at our lives and think, okay, <clears throat> I've got limited time here. And here's some crap I figured out. And for me, I had some things that I was figuring out and I wanted to share. And I wanted to, I guess, build a bridge of communication between me and other people. And I wanted to have guests in so that we could also talk about it. And perhaps you, the listener out there, would hear somebody and go, wow, I had no idea they thought that way or I had no idea that you know, this link to that or whatever. And sometimes that was done through an interview or just a random conversation that I had with myself on here um, or a podcast that I listen to or something I've seen on Netflix that causes inspiration. Okay. So <clears throat> we had been on vacation for a week and I had gotten behind on watching anything on Netflix, and I hadn't listened to anything on podcasts, and I mean, I I felt like I caught up on podcasts while um, while we were on the plane, and I talked a lot about that in previous episodes. Um, I went on Netflix and looked at what I'd missed, and there's a series on there that is very powerful. It's called 13 Reasons Why. This came out a few years ago, and if you haven't seen it, I'm not spoiling it, but I am telling you. The premise of the first season is this girl in high school, Hannah Baker, she commits suicide, and she left behind 13 tapes. Thus the name 13 Reasons Why. Each episode is a tape. And the way it's supposed to go is um, the tapes fall into this kid's hands. His name is Clay. And Clay loved her. But Clay was also terrified to talk to girls. He was terrified to, I don't know. He had insecurities, um, which we all do. But he was given these tapes as the series starts. And basically each episode is him listening to someone else's tape because she lists a person per tape per episode. It's, a neat, it's an interesting premise for a show um, just to get the ball rolling for the conversation of what would lead somebody to commit suicide. What would lead this girl to feel like she had no other options? And they got a lot of uh, they got a lot of people pissed off 
at them for doing it <clears throat> because families of children who committed suicide were, were upset over the fact that they felt that the show had glamorized suicide and thus as a conclusion was going to cause more kids to want to commit suicide. And that wasn't their goal. It's like anything, you know, you have a story to tell and you want to tell it the right way. And they tried to, in one of the episodes, they show a scene, a painfully to watch scene of this girl committing suicide and how it's not pretty and it's not glamorous and it's painful and she's immediately sorry and by then it's too late. And it shows the pain that it causes the family. It shows them going through this together and how awful it is and the ramifications of what it caused the family later and what it, the pain it caused friends. Even people that weren't necessarily involved right away. Um, hang on a second. Something's going on here. I'm back. <clears throat> Sorry about that. One of the perks of doing a podcast from your house is that once in a while, the family doesn't know that you're doing it, and they decide that they're going to jam out to music. So rather than uh, distract you guys from conversation or whatever, um, I had to go shut that off or get whoever it was to stop doing it. So anyway, um, what was I talking about? See, that's the problem is I get derailed. And then you guys are like, wait, you were on this thought, and then now you're not. And what, you know, hey, listen, <clears throat> you're preaching to the choir here. So, anyway, <clears throat> what was I talking about? Oh, Hannah. Okay, so they show Clay dealing with finding out this information, and, and you, the viewer, don't find this information out until he does, because they don't show anything you don't know, or he doesn't know. So he's sort of the uh, narrator, and you travel along with him per episode. And <clears throat> when the season is over, the first season is awful, and it leaves people sad, but it also starts up a conversation, hopefully, between people who are going through this stuff and <clears throat> the people who are perhaps friends with people who are going through this stuff. So they created their own crisis helpline, uh, 13 reasons why uh, info.com. And I think that's the, I think that's the thing of it. I should find out since I'm doing this daggum podcast. Anyway, <clears throat> they start the conversation and, um, Hopefully, other people have taken up the, I guess you'd call it the, the, the beginning, the seed of this, and they've gone with it. Now, from that, let's see, what is it? 13 reasons why dot info. Okay, so it's the number 13 reasons why dot info is their crisis line. And it gets you in touch 24 hours a day to someone who can help you immediately in your area. And listen, this is going on right now, and it has been going on 
in schools all over the place, but there's not been a discussion about it. This is sort of like Colin Kaepernick taking a knee and pissing off a bunch of people about taking a knee when he really just wanted to start the conversation of why, you know, black lives matter. This is the conversation starter of why commit why kids are committing suicide because they feel so overwhelmed by the things that are around them. We're we're thrusting our children into a society where we force them to grow up in tremendous situations where social media now dictates most of what they see of themselves and what other people can say about them that they have no control over. They're navigating a world that they can't control in a lot of ways. But if you're clever enough as a bully, you can ruin their lives. And it's awful. Listen, I watched the first season. I had a podcast where I discussed it with my brother. I think we discussed it again with when I talked to my sister. And I felt like the conversation needed to continue more. And I was happy when they came out with season two because I thought, okay, there's a lot of really intelligent people that are involved with this project and they're going to do more discussing it. And listen, the first ep- the first season involved drug addiction. It involved rape. It involved bullying. It involved, you know awful home life situations, um, questioning sexuality and not knowing how to navigate that. It, it involved a lot of lies and distrust and unsupervised situations where chaos occurred. It had to do with privilege. It had to do with the haves and the have-nots intermingling and how power is pushed around sometimes. There were a lot of dynamics that went on in that first season. Second season did not let up. Second season basically just kept adding to that. We follow the quote-unquote bad guy, Bryce, into the second season as he was um, found guilty. Or actually, he was found not guilty. Um, the judge decided to let it go that he would learn his lesson on probation um, because his family was well-to-do and they pulled a lot of strings and there was no one that really came forward to talk about what had happened. So the second season is more about someone else coming forward about him raping her and a third person that you find out that he raped. And, you know, watching the second season, I was impressed with the kid who plays Bryce deciding that he would play that role as the bad guy, basically. I mean, you know, I know that this isn't a high school-aged kid. He's playing a high school-aged kid because he has a young-looking face. But what a tremendous role for him to have to play to be this bad guy. Because if he makes a misstep here, like, you know, his career is over as an actor. No one was going to want to work with him. And yet he has to play it convincingly enough that you hate him. 
you have to basically look at him as the polarizing bad guy because you have all these other kids that are involved in his life and you're supposed to be like, oh, you know, he's figured out a way to get over on all of them. And they obviously all hate him. Now, this was a, this was an interesting move by the writers. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's difficult to watch. If you don't feel like you can watch it by yourself, watch it with somebody. Watch it with a parent. Watch it with a friend. Watch it with randos. I don't care. Just if you feel like you can't watch it by yourself, watch it with other people or don't watch it. That's fine. But I think that it can help conversations move forward with the kids that are that we're growing up around. So, <clears throat> season three. I have put off watching season three because of how season two ended. The last episode of season two kind of scarred me. Um, and I've talked about this, I think, with my brother on this podcast, about how season two was so violent and so awful and so terrifying. Um, there's a kid who gets sexually assaulted with a broom handle in a very violent way. And he's so upset that he goes to a party of this kid Bryce, because this kid Bryce is, you know, still okay somehow. And he goes there with guns because he's going to shoot up the place. And this is the kind of stuff that we're seeing on television on a regular basis. Some kid who's bullied, pushed around to the point that he feels there's no way out and he's too scared to kill his own, to take his own life. And he would in any other circumstance, which is sad in itself. But instead he goes, no, I'll go shoot up all these people who treated me horribly. I'll kill them. That'll show them. And I'll leave a, I'll leave a video of why I did it or a tape of why I did it. And we've got a culture right now in this country. This, and this, this has a reflective element to it, to our culture and what's going on in our country. This is a result of what we're going through right now. And nobody else is telling this story the way this show tells this story. We have a culture in this country of all of us trying to figure this out and none of us really talking to each other. None of us really telling each other what we're going through. There's a lot of lies. There's a lot of things we don't say. There's a lot of elements of our lives that we think, well, no one will understand. No one will get what I'm going through. No one knows how to help me. And listen, I'll be honest. There's a lot of things I don't know how to help people with. But if you talk to me, maybe I can help you find a resource together. There's always somebody out there that'll listen. The hard part is talking. Because of shame. Because of regret. Because of hurt. This kid Tyler wanted to talk to somebody, but nobody would listen. And he was so ashamed of what happened and so hurt, he didn't even know how to have the conversation. But they end on a climax of season two to the point where you're like, whoa, what? I got to wait to season three to find out what happens. Season three takes off <clears throat> and immediately you know from watching the previews that someone kills Bryce. 
and you know it has to be one of these kids. The thing you don't know is, which one is it? Or is it the kid? Is it perhaps an adult who's had enough? Is it one of these parents of these kids who's had enough? And they do an interesting job of, in season three, showing Bryce learning about himself and learning about his flaws and basically coming to terms with owning it and realizing that he wants to change, but he doesn't know how, and nobody will give him a chance because he's done so much harm to so many people. Listen, this show inspires a lot of conversation for a lot of people. And I think that a lot of people need to watch this show, even if it's just homework of going, all right, well, I guess I'll watch this. It's not easy to watch if you've been through abuse. It's not easy to watch if you've been sexually abused. I do think it is therapeutic overall, though. I do think that it could help people learn to have the conversation. One of the things they talk about in this series, in the third season, is that not only that that women aren't the only ones that are sexually abused. They are. But they actually show young men stepping forward and, and saying out loud, you know, I was a victim. And that conversation is important to have because in order to heal, I believe you first have to say something bad happened to me and be able to talk to people about it. I think only then you can move forward in a healthy way. One of the kids is battling with addiction really bad. And he hides it from his friends as much as possible because he's ashamed of it. But also because he, you know, for a long time doesn't think anything's wrong. He's like, I've been doing this. This is how I cope with my pain. And then you find out later why he's, why he even started. And at a certain point, he does ask for help. And listen, I know from having family members that have dealt with addiction, you can't get better until you want to get better. And that's a conversation that needs to happen as well. You know, season one and season two were mainly from Clay's viewpoint. Season three is from somebody else's viewpoint. They introduce a new character, a young black girl. She's got a, a British accent. Um, I, think her, I think they call her Ani. Uh, she's got a very long name, but she says, just call me Ani for short. You know. Anyway, season three starts off as her as the narrator, basically giving her testimony in a police station. She's like, you don't know all the facts, but I do. And she starts to tell everything that she knows. Now you're introduced to this character and you realize right away that she's likable, she's complex, she's very intelligent, she's into robotics, she plays chess better than most people, 
She speaks multiple languages. She's used to moving around and making friends. She judges people quickly to assess who they are and their character. She, like most people, makes poor decisions at times, but is ultimately trying to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, she's a complex character that you start to watch and start to realize that she's very charming and very convincing. And no matter what, um, you're on board with her as one of the group pretty much right away. The only thing I didn't like about season three is there's not an easy transition between looking at the past and looking at the present. Because there's different timelines that they flash back to. And in season one they did that because Clay's face is all bruised up from him getting in an accident. And season two is kind of similar. When they flash back, everybody looks different than when they go forward. Um, Season three is a little more difficult. There's no immediate reference to, okay, now we're talking about the past before Bryce died. Oh, now we're talking about present where he is dead. So anyway, enough about that. You guys, go check it out. You're going to like it. Um, or not. I don't care. I do care. That's not right. It's good. I'll just say that. It's good. Okay, so, podcasts. Um, I haven't listened to any. <laughs> there. How about that? I haven't listened to any. I got no podcast to talk about. I did watch Bill Burr's Paper Tiger special, and it was really good. I think I talked about that last episode. Um, I started to watch a show on Amazon Prime, um, Carnival Row. They've got it advertised with uh, Orlando Bloom. He looks like he grew up, like, you know, every role he's had up until... This one, to me, he's always looked like he's in his young 20s. And in this one, he looks like a grown man. I mean, he's put on weight. His his hair is starting to turn colors. He's got grooves in his face from, from getting old age lines. And even his voice sounds like he's older, like he finally grew up. And listen, I don't know what he's done since the Lord of the Rings and the, and the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I mean, he could have been working in between there. I don't know. I didn't exactly follow his career um, or wa- or look for his shows and go, oh, look, it's Orlando Bloom. But because of Pirates of the Caribbean and Lord of the Rings, I do know who he is. Um, and I saw this advertised with him as a lead character, and I kept looking at the screen going, wait, which one is he? Because he's transformed that much. It's like taking a boy and becoming a man and... Immediately, I was drawn to it in the, I guess, the commercial, the advertisement for the show. Um, they show fairy folk with wings on their back, and he's like an investigator, and he's looking at why these fairies are being murdered. And they show that he apparently, in the past, had had a love affair with this one particular fairy, and... In the previews, you see enough fantastical stuff intermingled 
with a somewhat, you know, regular life that you go, okay, I'm at least interested in the way they stylized this and the way they integrated the two ideas. So I turned on the first season, the first episode last night to watch it. And, um, and it was okay. It's enough for me to want to watch the next one. Uh, there's a girl in it who apparently is a Victoria supermodel. I think she's a Victoria supermodel. Anyway, uh, she's apparently friends with Taylor Swift and she's supposed to be some super hot model, but they've got her in a haircut in this show where she really looks like Justin Bieber when he was like 10 or 12. Um, to me, her, her face has a jawline that makes her look kind of like a dude. Um, which I know she's not. I've seen previews where apparently she's, you know, making out with Orlando Bloom and she's smoking hot in those scenes. Um, but <clears throat> anyway, I'm going to watch the show um, if it's good. So far, episode one, it's okay. I'm going to watch episode two and see where this goes. There's not a lot of episodes, but, you know, I'll check it out. There's a lot of new things that Netflix has posted that I want to watch. There's a movie on there called Tall Girl that looks cute. Um, there is a show on there called Spy. It looks like it's uh, very interesting. It's like a uh, limited edition series. Sasha Baron Cohen plays a, a spy and uh, in a very serious role, and the previews look intense. Um, there is a new show called The Island, I, you know, capital I, Island. Um, very interesting premise. Uh, I want to watch that. There's a lot of stuff that has popped up that I'm like, ooh, that looks interesting too. I want to watch that. Ooh, that looks interesting too. There's a new series that's on uh, Amazon Prime. It's, uh, it's like animated, but it's, they shot it in regular with regular people, and then they animated it over the scenes. And it's very fantastical, and somehow, I can't remember the name of it, but this woman apparently learns to time travel with her father, who's dead. And it's very trippy looking. And listen, I'm into time travel stuff. If you come up with a good time travel story, I'm, I'm going to be in. So I'm going to watch that. It's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, listen, if you're, uh, if you're what they call a prayer warrior, <clears throat> I'm asking for prayers for my stepdad. Um, my stepdad is a ear, nose and throat surgeon and he's had some heart issues over the past few months and it's gotten worse and it's tied into anxiety and tied into, I think it's tied into a lot of, uh, complications of his medicines um, he's had to have two heart caths done. He's had two stents put in and he's having a tough time. And, um, I think he's getting near the end of his career. And for a guy who works 80 plus hours a week on a regular basis, uh, that's difficult to deal with. Uh, he had one of his best friends pass away and it's really, it's really hit him hard and, you know, none of us are equipped to handle the level of stress that he's going through. 
And um, listen, if you know Dan, reach out and you know tell him that you love him and you're thinking about him, and you know say a prayer. Um, hope that he can uh, find some peace in this traumatic time and uh, figure out what the next move forward is. So, um, thanks for listening, everybody. I know this was a heavier episode than a lot of them, but, uh, you know, maybe it'll create conversation for you. Maybe you'll reach out to your kids or your nieces or nephews and say, hey, what's going on with your life? And and don't listen to them give you the glossed-over experience. If you notice something, get them to talk more. Tell them about the crisis line, 13reasonswhy.info. Look into it together. I think conversations need to happen more often so that actions aren't so traumatic and, and terrifying and final. So thanks for listening, everybody. Y'all take care. And uh, yeah, if nobody tells you, I love you for, what's, for what it matters. All right, this is the part where I'm supposed to say, cue the cow.